This is Professor X, and you're tuned into the Who's Your Daddy Godcast Network. Get ready to experience a downpour of the manifestation of God's blessing in your life, because 2019 is the year of the latter rain. This is the award-winning podcast from A History with God Ministries Godcast Network, featuring Frank and Christina Sasso. Visit us online at ahistorywithgod.org for articles, links, prophetic words, prayer requests, and other awesome resources. And now, let's join the host of this Godcast, Frank Sasso. First Godcast of the new year. Woozy woozy. Happy newsy. Happy new year. How you guys doing? That's great. The best year we ever had. 2019, the year of the latter rain. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to discuss something with you. Alrighty. Here's the thing. That podcast here, just so you know. So Christina and I, we look, we've been looking for a church. It's not yeah. like we're just, you know, doing our own thing. If you know one in the central Jersey area or even near Bucks County or some such that would preach the unadulterated, unmodified, unhinged <laughs> what that word means? of God. <laughs> right. Meaning, let's not, like, let's make it so that people feel better about themselves. Yeah. Word. I don't, no, 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 no. I want the good news. The word. What does the word say and preach that? So we went to a, a couple churches. Well, one church we actually went to a few times. Yes. Great people. Not, yes. I have no problem. I have no Wonderful. problem with the pastor. I got no problems with anybody. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with the teaching. And you can't sit there listening to a word that's not biblically sound. Right. I can't go through a service sitting on my edge of my seat wondering what the next thing he's going right. to say. I mean, it was a good message preaching about Joseph. Yeah, great stuff. And, you know, I get it. Joseph went through some really crappy stuff. And then guess what? He ended up on top many times throughout that process. Right. And Job, too. Like, we tend to, and even though that's Old Testament, but we always tend, they always tend to focus on what the hardship part right. of it. Right. And they never talk about, okay, but how did it end? How did he end up? I don't want to get into Job right now because it's a whole other thing, but Job is Old Testament. It's the oldest book in the Bible, and it does not apply to us anymore. Right. As believers. Satan doesn't go before he God. He cannot do that he now. He can't do it. Because Jesus has become our advocate. Satan can't go to the throne and say, hey, can I mess with so-and-so? And that's not even what happened. But anyway, it, it can't be done to believers today because right. Jesus has finished the work. All right. So that being said, so we love this church. We love the pastor. Wonderful. We weren't like... We were sticking our toes in. And yeah, we went a few times. Yeah. I even went to one of the men's groups. Right, we were sticking our toes in. We were, although I wanted to jump in, I, I really don't do that anymore. Say lies, lies! <laughs> no, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to jump in and fall in love with everybody and then find out, oh, they don't believe what we believe. And then what do you do? You sit there and just, I can't just sit. Take it. I can't take it. I can't sit under wrong teaching because it causes confusion. Right. And it'll set you back. You don't want to go backwards. You want to move forward. I have nothing bad to say. But, like, we're sitting there and we're like, all right, all right, so far so good. And then he said it. He, he happened to say this. No matter what's going on, we all know at the end of the day, God's in control. 
No. And that's when we hung he's up the phone. He's not in control. That's right. That's when we hung up the phone. We're like, goodbye. God's not in control. He's in charge. If God is in control, why bother doing anything? Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Right. Yeah. If God was in control. He would have just snapped his fingers. Everybody would have believed. Everybody would follow him. Everybody would right. love him. Right. Everyone would be obedient. Everyone would be, you know, forgiven of their sins. And, and we would just be robots. Exactly. But God's not in control. He put us in control. He gave us free will. If he was in control, he could have just not had the snake go in the garden. Or he could have right. had Eve not eat the fruit. Right. Or why even put the tree there to make a choice? Yeah, why do it Why if you're give in someone a choice? Exactly. To say, no, I'm not going to eat of that fruit. He would have been in control and said, well, right. why, why cause all this craziness? I'll just make them do what I want them to do. And I understand. Maybe he was saying, God has your back. God, he's, he's your rear guard. He is, because the Bible says he's your rear guard. Yeah, he has my back. Yeah, but don't say he's in control. This is where you have to be really careful. If you're a pastor or a preacher, that you don't send mixed messages, that you don't say one thing and mean another thing, because the people that are listening to you are listening like to 40% of what you're saying. Well, that much, you think? I'm being generous. So people are listening to 40%. So they hear this, oh, God's in control. And then they run with that. And maybe you didn't mean God was in control. Maybe you meant God is in charge or God has your back or you don't have to worry. You could trust God. Maybe that's what he meant. But when you say out of your mouth, God is in control, that's what people are going to hear. And then they're going to think, well, I don't have to do anything because God's in control. And because he's in control, I guess he he's the one who gave my mother cancer. And he's the one who, you know, caused my son to get in a car accident. He's the one who caused my nervous house to burn down. That's what you're now fostering in your flock. Right. So you have to be really careful how you speak in order that you're not causing confusion and double-mindedness. Right. Because now you're going to have a flock of people running around in circles, chasing their own tails. Here's another thing that just occurred to me. I remember seeing this on uh, Instagram the other day. And it was, a, it was a good message. The message was, you're in beast mode, you're a winner, you're this, you're, you know, all good stuff. It was from a preacher. I don't, his name escapes me right at the moment. But at one point, he, and this is where I shut it off, he goes... Well, I wake up one morning, I find out my wife has leukemia. Do I just hang my head and go, oh, no? Or do I look up and I point to the heavens and I say, you must be up to something. Whoa! Like, maybe he didn't mean it that way, but here's the impression. Oh, God gave his wife leukemia in order to teach him something or because he's up to something. God doesn't make you sick. Really, the God of the universe holding all the stars and planets in place can't think of a better way to teach you something. Yeah, like mass shootings is part of his plan. Really? That is so not his character. I wonder what his plan is. And and you know you have the people in the pews going, oh, amen, brother, amen. No, 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 do not amen that. Do not come into agreement with that false statement. We call them the whoop whoops. Please (laughs) do never come into agreement with someone who is preaching a message that God is going to send some kind of tragedy into your life. Right, exactly. Because he's up to something. Here's a good way to think of it. An easy, easy, uh, natural way to think of it. The president of the United States is in charge. He's not in control. He's in charge. If he puts a charge out to the army, to the military, right, Navy, whatever, to go and fight, these soldiers are in control. 
to the point that they can either obey the charge or not obey it. They're in control. Right, always. President's in charge. Soldiers can decide we're not doing this. Right, they can all drop their guns and right. run. And then or, they got to face the consequences or of... one can drop yeah. their gun and run. Right, and I'm just saying. Ultimately... But in control meaning the soldiers are in control of what they're going to do or not. Right, it, think about if you have kids. Yeah. Are you in, in control of your children? You're not. You You're in are charge not. of them. You're in charge of them. I mean, maybe when they're infants and they have no mobility and no... But once they're in, you know, out of your hands and they're able to walk... How many of you would control your child from, like, falling down and skinning their knee? Or you right. tell them, don't run with scissors or whatever. Yeah. But it's really up to the child to decide, yeah, I think I'm going to try this running with scissors and see, right. you know, or whatever. And ones are getting hurt. Right. What? Like, do really good in school. If you do it good in school, get good grades, you know, you'll have more opportunities or whatever. Right, right. You know, but ultimately the child can say... Nah, I don't think so. We're not limiting the extent of God's power here. But we do believe that he has chosen to be not in control. Because right. in Christ, he put us in control. Right. He gave us authority. He right. gave us dominion. Just like he did initially Ugh. with Adam before the fall. I'm sorry. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. Well, cop God's out. in control. That's a cop-out. Cop out. And that's where I have a problem. Pastors, preachers... Don't just say something because it makes the congregation feel good about their life. Right. Because what you've done is now you've stolen their power, you've stolen their authority, and now you've left them to be just floating detrius on the sea of life. Floating detrius? I like, like they're that. just floating along, <laughs> and whatever happens, you know, oh, well, I guess this is God's will for me. Yeah. No. No. And God's like, rah! I sent Jesus, it's finished. You have access to everything. Everything's been given to you. Why are you living this mediocre, sorry, sad life when I gave you all the glory and all the all the, the authority and, and cast out demons and, and heal the sick and ah Pastors should be nurturers, they should be ministering, right? So if you're a pastor, you should be spending your time in the Word. And you should be thinking about the words you're going to use in your message. Do they cause confusion? Do they sound contradictory? I remember hearing Andrew Womack say he was dealing with a couple whose child had died and he had a choice to make. Do I tell them something that's going to make them feel good right now and maybe down the road hate God? Or do I tell them the truth? And he made the decision to tell them the truth. Hmm. That God did not take your child. That that you have an enemy. And maybe you weren't prepared for this. Maybe you weren't, you know, not to blame them and not to make them feel bad. But you have to tell them the truth. Right. You cannot lie to your children and then expect you to believe them to believe you later on in life. If you're lying to them about Santa Claus... And then later on in life, you expect them to believe you about some other tr truth. Guess what? They're not going to trust you. Right. You've got to give them the hard words sometimes. Like, no, God did not cause your child to die. No, God didn't want another angel in heaven. No, this was not God's will for your child. Right, right. Exactly. And that's good news because you have a God who loves you and would never do that to you. That's better news than, well, we don't know God's will, so may he, maybe he'll kill your kid. What? <sighs> anyway, 
So that was something I always remember Andrew Womack saying. And it's it's hard. I know. Please, if I was a pastor, believe me, I, that's not an easy thing to say to somebody. But better the truth than a, a nice lie. Exactly. So I get this notification on my phone from IG, Instagram, that this church is following my account. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I, I'm not going to say the name of the church. But it, it was a church near near to our house. I've never heard of this church. I asked you. You never heard of this church. But it's a church in Jersey, maybe 20 minutes from our house, maybe. I'm like, ooh, this might I'm be like, oh, maybe this is something. All of a sudden, they're following my Instagram account. Interesting. Okay. So I check it out. And I'm, you know, we're reading the mission statement, the statement of belief, the whole thing, the doctrine, the vision, the whole thing. I get, and, 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 you know, everything, looks, everything looks good. Like, okay, they're on target here. They're on point. Listen to a, one message. Listen to another message. That sounds pretty good. And then we listen to this other message. Now, look, I'm not saying, maybe, the, I, I don't know how recent this message is. Maybe he's changed. I don't know. But I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not taking the chance. I don't have that kind of time. He starts preaching about a mountain and how sometimes he goes, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm tired of coming around, around to the same mountain over and over and over again. And I felt the Lord was telling me, well, I want you to climb this mountain. I want you to scale the mountain. Ugh. And that's another thing. Nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about climbing a mountain. Sorry, sorry. There is one, there is one well, point in the Bible okay. that talks about climbing a mountain, and it's in, it's in Micah. Micah 4, uh, verse 2. Micah 4, verse 2 says, Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Now, that's a good, that's a good thing. And it's in Micah, okay, which again is Old Testament. <laughs> the only other place it talks about a mountain is in Matthew sixteen twenty, when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. It doesn't say climb the mountain. It says move it. Never, ever. Check it out for yourself, folks. Please check it out. Does Jesus say, all right, so... When you come to a mountain, get ready to climb it. He says, you cast it into the sea. He's right. saying to move the mountain. Right. Not to, to climb the mountain. No, you're not to climb the mountain. You're to move the mountain. Oh, but what about all the times I come to the same mountain? It's not a mountain. It's a problem. It's a right. trial. It's a tribulation. Now, Jesus did say, in this world, you will have troubles. You'll have trouble. But... But. No one ever says the but point. Right. This is the most important part. Yes. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. Right. You have overcome the world through me. Right. Through Jesus. If he's in you, then who is right. overcoming the world? Right. You. So you will have trials. And the trials are persecution for the word's sake. Right. Not, oh, God sent me a sickness or whatever. These are trials the enemy sends... And in the form of people and, and other kind of things. That's right. the enemy. That's not right. God Absolutely. to try and teach you something. And you say, oh, but, but what I keep coming to the same mountain of, let's say, you know, financial need. All right. So you yeah. gave a good analogy of, well, why does God allow that to happen? Why does he allow, oh, the, allow already. The, the trials to come? He allows the trials to come because he knows that his grace is sufficient for you to take care of those trials and tribulations. It's like a, like, check this out. 
when I was fighting. My trainer is not gonna let me fight somebody that I can easily beat because it doesn't help me. Right, you don't grow from that. I don't grow from that. Well, it's like if you go into the gym and you wanna build muscle, you cannot just keep lifting five pound weights. Right. Because it's easy. <laughs> you're no never happier. gonna change. <sighs> I tell my classes all the time, I say, if you're here to see change happen, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Right. And you need to work harder. And it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it hurts, and ultimately, then you're going to see right. a difference. It will not destroy you. No, it, it won't. It will make you stronger. It will make you stronger. Right. Which That's is the why you idea. came to the gym. Right. There right. you go. Exactly. Not because so, it's a... It, whatever. That's a whole God other. doesn't put these things in your life to make you stronger, but he the will. enemy does. Right. And then God will say, come on. Yeah, My grace is a, sufficient for you. Right, right. You can, you can overcome this. This trial that you're going through right now. Yeah. Come on. I know you can do this. My grace is sufficient for you. He said it to Paul. It's in the word. Paul came to him and he said, oh, this guy, this messenger of Satan, it was a person. Right. Not a sickness. This person is a thorn in my side. Right, right. Lord, remove this thorn. Yeah. And God's like, I don't have to remove the thorn. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning, not sitting and putting ashes and, and uh, sackcloth on. No, that's not what that means. It means my grace is sufficient for you to have the victory right. in this situation. Exactly. The, the, exactly. That's right. The grace that I bought and paid for, for you, is enough for you to overcome any situation that you face. I had a conversation with Tim McDonald, and I think this is what you were talking about, mm -hmm. about the good example. I'm very much, as you know, the, the guy that's like, God does not bring sickness in. He does not do this. He does not do that. Right. Not, okay. Right. The Which devil does true. that. Right. The devil, it, it is true. Right. Tim said, yeah, but God allowed that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love Tim. And, and what's so cool about me and Tim is we can, we can have a discussion and we can unpack things and work through some of the words that we use that might cause confusion. But just a conversation between me and him, like we get it. Like we get what we're trying to say. Nobody gets offended. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the way he explained this was great. Tim says to me, he goes, okay, God didn't design this, but the devil, because he's such an idiot, mm -hmm. he'll use the idiot mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm using this idiot to show you how powerful you are mm -hmm. in me. Right. He's going to try this, he's trying this, he's trying this. Yeah, you're facing this problem again that you keep facing, but you know what? You're handling it a lot better than you handled it three times ago, mm -hmm. so you're getting better at this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use the idiot in your life so that you can take authority over the situation and prove victorious as what? The righteousness of God, which is what you are. Right. So it's not like, oh, well, God allowed this mass shooting to happen because we, and we just have to accept that somehow this is in his plan no, somehow. No, no, no. Like he can't think of a better way to get somebody saved than, than shooting down 18 children in some school right. so that one of the parents gets saved. Give me a break. Wrong. Cop out. Wrong. Sometimes you'll have to climb a mountain. No. Never do you climb a mountain. No. Look for it in the word. It's not there. You move mountains. You, you don't move climb mountains. them. You move mountains. You move mountains. Now, maybe this pastor meant 
a process, like the like the Lord is taking him through a process, so he's trying to train him. He's trying. Okay, great. Well, then that's a trial. That's a, a tribulation. It's a problem. It's a challenge. Right. It's not a mountain. Well, why are you making such a big deal out of because it causes confusion? Because words are important. They are. If if the word says to me I can move a mountain, and you're telling me I have to climb a mountain, now well, someone's lying, and it right. ain't God. And now I'm confused. Now I'm confused. And, and now, now what else are you confusing and me now about? Now we have double-minded people. Yeah. And guess what? They accomplish nothing. And we're sick and we're broke and all this other nonsense right. and we never get anywhere with the, with the kingdom ever, so, ever. In 2019, can we dispense yes. with all the double talk and just be straight and teach what Jesus taught without adding our own like coaching so that it doesn't sound, ooh, that sounds a little harsh. No, no, no. I want... Feed it to me straight. I want to know what man. Jesus said yeah. because what he said is the best way to say it. Please don't think you can improve on Jesus' preaching. Please. Yeah, really. You're not that good. Don't do it, pastors. <laughs> don't do it, preachers. And also, and I'll give some pastors some, the pastors some grace, is look, I know sometimes some of them are doing everything. Stop doing everything. Well, listen, I also feel like, God, look, I believe that they have a heart for God. They love the Lord. They love their flock. I, I'm not saying that these are evil people. I think that they're godly people. But but the, you, you, you've got to watch what's coming out of your mouth right. and then wonder why why your your congregation is always broke, why they're sick, why they're dying. Let's, let's right. get real here. Look in the mirror. What's What are they hearing? They're hearing double-minded talk. Exactly. That's what they're hearing. Right. Do and not it, coach the word. Right. Don't flower it up. Don't try and make it a soft word. You know, oh, I don't want to say that, that, you know, the devil took their, you know, child. Right. Well, you got to be real with them. You got to tell them the truth. Yeah. Oh, here's another confusing thing. Uh, money's not good. God doesn't want you rich. God doesn't want you. You shouldn't have money. You should like they have a problem with money. And yet they're passing around the basket. Well, we're going to do a whole talk about money next time. Well, I'm still I'm in the middle of this book with the Lord. No, I know. But, yeah. you know, uh, that's why it's fresh in my mind. Right, right. Gotcha. No, we'll do a whole money thing. Yes, right. absolutely. So, pastors, stop feeling like you got to do everything. Focus on the word, and leaders will show themselves. They will rise up in your congregation. Don't change the word either. Just preach it like Jesus preached it. Mm. Okay? Everybody calm down now. <laughs> so we're looking for a church. If you know of one in the Central yeah. Jersey area, great. Let us know. Historywithgod.org. You kind of know where we stand. I'm not going to sit under... Wrong teaching. Took me too long yeah. to get to this point right. to go backwards. Sorry. You don't want to sit under God is in control and climb your mountain. Right. That's not the teaching. That's no. not good. If you've heard that in your church, then we're not yeah. going there. Right. And I if you're still hearing that in your church, you need to leave that church. Pray don't you, don't pray. try and correct your pastor. Don't. Just pray for him and, and then maybe leave. Right. All right. All on right. On that note. Okay. On that note, remember this. We love you. Yes. God loves you. Yes, he loves you. And Jesus is, is Lord. Stay, Stay blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast from the History with God Ministries. This teaching is a powerful ministry tool that you can use to experience the power of God in your life. Thank you again for listening and for helping us reach the world with the love of Jesus. A History with God Ministries. Seeing, hearing, remembering. Until next time, remember, we love you, God loves you, and Jesus is Lord. Stay blessed.